0: Well, Father, um, it is another day's journey, and we are glad about it. We are just so glad to be in the land of the living, and it means, Father, you still have work for us to do, and you brought us together on this mountain for an experience with you like none other. And God, we stand in awe of how great you are, and all your servant comes asking is that you would decrease me so that you can increase both power, anointing, conviction, Persuasion of the tongue. Lord, this is not a a time of entertainment. It's not a time for accolades. All glory and honor belongs to you. And so right now, in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, I pray that you would send your anointing to cover this chapel. So by the time we close our Bibles tonight, we can say that we have been on a mountaintop. We have seen a bush that's on fire that is not burnt up. We have taken off our shoes because we're standing on holy ground and we're walking out of here white as snow. So Satan, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, we serve you notice that you're not welcomed. But if you decide to eavesdrop and creep into a place that you're not welcome, we have about 250 men that are here with boxing gloves on. We're not trying to duke it out with you. We're just trying to do a one hitter quitter and knock you out the ring. It's in the name of Jesus, we pray. Do me a favor. Take your left hand and right hand and put them together and clap as fast as you can. And would you just shout amen, amen, and amen. Woo, brothers. It's good to be around some men. Um, I just need to make sure I'm around real men. So I need some men to make some noise. I know I love you guys, but y'all sound like some Dallas Cowgirls right now, man, you really do. So I'm going to try it one more time. I need some men to make some noise. Now you sound like some Oakland Faders fan right now. I need you to make some noise like you're a San Francisco 49er fan. Make some noise! All of them, they're going to heaven already, bro. Y'all, some real Christians, man. I saw all of you that's cowboy fans. We're going to pray for you. We got two days to pray and lift up the name of Jesus that He covers you because you know not who you serve. It's just good to be around men. I have a time frame that I want to try to honor and respect, but it's good to be around men. I'm in a house of my wife and three daughters. And every time the Warriors play or the Niners play, it's really just me and Jesus that's rooting. My wife watching, I don't know, they're, you know, 911 and all these other crazy, crappy women's shows, soap operas and stuff like that. So it's just good to be around Niner fans and warrior fans and Dodger fans that love Jesus Christ, man. It's just it's good to be around you guys. And for the rest of you, God bless you. (laughs) Well, let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the Word of God real quick. Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 17, and for the next two sessions, three sessions, excuse me, that's where we're going to hang our hat. Whenever we're doing a series or whenever I'm asked to do uh, a session, try to stay in in relativity. Try to stay connected and try to stay in one area because I know how uh, we men are, you know, if... If we step up to the plate and we don't hit a home run the first time, dude, we're like Philadelphia Eagles fan. We boo the next time you step up, right? So we want to make sure we, we try our best. If we don't hit a home run, at least do a double tonight, you know what I mean? But if I strike out... I still got a couple more times to get up to bat, you know? All right? Let's go to Matthew 17, and just for the sake of, of study, let's look at verses 1, and I'm going to change it a little bit uh, just for the sake of, of, uh, of proper context. We'll go from 1 to 8 tonight, and then tomorrow we'll pick up, um, we'll pick up from there. Uh, Matthew chapter 17. Everybody there? You guys there? If, if Look, everybody is, is connected. You, we've already prayed for you, so you can share with your brother. And you're still a man, all right? So if a brother next to you don't have a Bible, share with them just to make sure that I'm reading out of the Bible and not out of Sports Illustrated. All right? Is that good? All right. Ch- verse number 1, chapter 17 of the Gospel according to Matthew says these words, after six days. Is that what your Bible says? After six days, Jesus took, watch this, Peter, James, and his brother John led them up a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. Watch this, his clothes became as white as light, and suddenly, somebody say, suddenly. Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Then Peter said, this big mouth brother, says this to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. I will set up three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said this, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We've heard this before, right? We heard this before when Jesus was baptized, right? Watch this. In whom I am well pleased, listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down and were terrified. And Jesus came and touched them and said, get up, do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Fascination is with the whole text, but specifically verse number 1, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother, John, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Just for about 25 minutes, I just want to touch on this subject. Why in the world did you come on this mountain? That's what I want to touch on, and I'll make it like a basketball and bounce. I promise. Interesting. The gospel, according to Matthew, many individuals who attempt to try to put this word of God These 66 books, these 66 that have been divided into two divisions, when they try to put it into context, folks really don't understand the connectivity that is connected to these Gospels, these synoptic Gospels. For Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these four Gospels, these Gospels that point us and explain to us who Jesus is, preparing us for the Acts of the Apostles that gives us an understanding of the Acts, not of the Apostles, but the Acts of God through the Apostles, all gives us a different theme, a different framework, while talking about a central figure, the thesis of both the Bible and the Gospels are all Jesus Christ. Well, if Matthew, this former IRS agent that had worked his way all the way up to the top of the charts in the IRS office, this despised individual dare write about This soon-to-be-crucified Savior who would three days later get up from the dead, who would do some miraculous miracles like taking Alhambra water and turning it into Stella Rosa. (laughs) Would do something so awesome as to walk over and see a man with a hearing aid and grab that hearing aid, snatch it off, and allow him to hear again. Or even to move to Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles and both put blood on their eyes and allow them blind men to see. This awesome, magnificent individual named Jesus, this person that Matthew is writing about to an audience of Jews to explain to them that he is this king of the Jews that they have been prophesying for many years would come. That Daniel, that Jeremiah, that Isaiah, of course, in his 66 chapters that mimic the 66 books of the Bible, all explain and talk about. But Matthew has a very interesting way of explaining Jesus. Yes, He is the first gospel, even though it was not the first gospel that was laid out, but it gives us proper context to who Jesus is. I mean, it really is the only gospel that gives us a genealogy in a nutshell from beginning to from cradle to the cross of who Jesus is, explaining how Jesus comes and how his life, his birth is connected to him being the king of the Jews. But it does something even more amazing. It gives to us this Idea of how Jesus selects individuals for the purpose of ministry. I mean, think about it. When you look at the Gospel according to Matthew, in every particular area, every chapter of it, we are seeing him almost handpick certain individuals. I mean, if you look at this this, this, this text alone, y'all got to talk back to me. I'm, I'm in the church. We talk back, yeah, baby, that baby. That, that that let me know y'all hear what I'm talking about. But in this particular chapter, in chapter 17, it it gives us something that is interesting. It says to us that Jesus selects, he chooses, he takes, he does not ask, but he takes three. Peter, James, and John. Thank you, brother. I love you. (laughs) Takes three. Peter, James, and John with them. There's three things I want to look at on on the purpose of being up on this mountain. First of all, it is the separation. Understand that everybody that you hang out with didn't come on this mountain. Wait, 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 but, but why? why? Why is that? Why is that? Oh, I understand. Because in your mind, you pay the fee in order to get up on this mountain to get away from possibly, let's just be honest, we're in a chapel, the cross is here, all of us are men, Some of us had to get away from the wife. Some of us had to get away from our kids. Some of us needed to get away from our job. Or some of us just needed to get away from what we call the real world to come into a euphoria or utopia up here on this mountaintop. You know, that's sad when y'all say amen when I talk about getting away from your wife. That, that, That... Y'all ain't said nothing the whole. I done talked about Jesus being the king and y'all just sat there quiet. Moment I said, get away from your wife, children, and your job. Hallelujah. Amen, preacher. Y'all better not be recording and putting this on social media because my wife's gonna get mad at you. But watch this. this. This was crazy. He takes three men. Ooh, wait. He takes Peter, he takes John, he takes James. The separation is interesting. Because he could have selected any of the disciples, but he selected three. Let's pause for a minute and talk about who these three were. Then maybe it'll help you understand the purpose of why God selected you to be on this mountain. Because you think that you selected yourself to come up here. Oh, baby Bubba, you did not. No, boo-boo, you didn't select yourself. He handpicked you specifically because Scripture does not say that he asked the 12 who wants to go. They did not play uh, Russian Roulette, they did not play Rochambeau, they did not play guess Up. Guess, guess what number it is. No, Jesus already knew exactly who he was gonna take, when he was gonna take them, why he was gonna take them, how high he was gonna take them, and when he was gonna bring them back. It was all selected and planned, why? Because Jesus, that individual, that John, that great gospel writer says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God, knew Peter, James, and John before Peter, James, and John knew each other or knew themselves, he already knew. The exact moment in which he would take these three men to this mountaintop for one purpose and one purpose alone. So it is not you that selected yourself, but Jesus out of every man that is across the scope of this state selected you to come on this mountain for a reason. Y'all should have said amen right there. But let me help you, brothers, because you're probably saying, why did he select me? Let me explain to you. The reason why he selected you is because he qualifies the unqualified. He never selects men that are already qualified. He selects the unqualified to qualify them so that when they are qualified, they'll look back on the fact that they did not deserve to be qualified and praise God that he selects the unqualified, qualifies them by qualifying the unqualified so that when they stand up they can say, I do not deserve to be here, but it's because of the quality of God that he placed me where I am right now for this purpose oh, it's a bunch of unqualified men in here. For all of you that don't think that you are qualified, maybe if you all of you that don't think that you deserve to be up here, you think you deserve to be up here, you have come to the wrong mountaintop on the wrong weekend because scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It is the reason why the church is so essential and important. It's because it is the place where Jesus is that he calls sick people to the hospital. And every person that thinks that they are qualified to, to be in the hospital, that means that you are not a patient, but you're a doctor. And there's only one doctor that performs in a hospital. Everybody else is patients that deserve to be in the hospital so the doctor can operate on patients. Yeah. He selects three. Look at these three unqualified men. Peter, James, and John. These unqualified dudes. Dudes who are horrible fishermen. If you think I'm lying, take a look at the beginning of the book. The Bible says when Jesus sees them, they are cleaning their nets not because they caught anything, because they ain't caught nothing. All night they've been fishing. But wait, not only are they jacked up, towed up, messed up, and unqualified fishermen, they've also been kicked out of school. Because they possibly are the same age as Jesus. And theology will teach us that the reason why they are cleaning their nets is because they have been kicked out of rabbi school. They've been kicked out of school. They've returned back to their father's job or their father's trade. They are low on the the, the cesspool. They are fishermen. They're not a tax collector. They don't work in the temple. Heck, one of them is so messed up that Scripture qualifies him as a cusser. He's so messed up that when they come to arrest Jesus, he takes out his sword. And the scary part about it is many of us in here are Peters because we cuss. And I saw about half of y'all with switchblades in your pockets. (laughs) But here's what I love about Jesus is that when Peter cut off the man's ear, Jesus didn't say throw away the the, the sword. He just said put it away for now. (laughs) Y'all will catch that when you get off the mountain. And then the other two, the Bible says, are so temperamental that they call them the sons of thunder. He takes a cusser and two angry men on a mountain. Y'all, I just preached a whole message. <laughs> he separates them from everyone else because there's something that they need to see that all the rest of the nine are not qualified to see. He qualifies the unqualified. He separates them and takes them on a high mountain. Why? Not just for the sake of separation, but also for the sake of inspiration. Look at what the Scripture says. When they get on the mountaintop, they're not up there to hang out. They're up there to observe something that they cannot see in the valley. It does not mean, ladies, br- brothers, and brothers, it does not mean, y'all, I'm a preacher. It's just what I do. <laughs> It does not hope, it, oh, there is a sister. I saw a sister. It, lady and gentlemen. It does not mean that Jesus could not transfigure in the valley. But it does mean what's the sake and what's the point of transfiguring if the people that are watching don't understand what is happening. Let me, let me, let me explain. Let me explain, and I'll, and I'll move. Let me explain. I'm an avid Niner fan. They know this. Every year I go to at least one Niner game. And I've been going for so long that many of our deacons have now been converted over to the faith. (laughs) So now whenever I go, I don't have to pay. (laughs) Two years ago, I went to the Niner game, a Monday night game. I thought we were getting our normal seats, you know, from the hood. We sit up top. No, when we got there, they set us. Watch this. This is how amazing the 49ers are. They set us on these chairs down on the, on, on the field. Amazing seats. Amazing. On the recliner seats. Oh, yeah, baby bubble. These seats were raw. <laughs> Love the seats, right? So it's six of us the pastor, five deacons, all sitting down on the field. After the first court, I hated my seats. I hated my seats because I was too low. I couldn't see the whole field. So I asked one of the security dudes, I said, hey, man, can I move seats? He said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go higher. He said, why would you want to go higher? He said, I can't give you a refund for these seats. I said, I don't want a refund. I didn't pay for them. I don't want a refund for these seats. So, <laughs> said, but I can't see the whole field. I need to go higher. He said, well, please understand, if you leave this seat, that seat will be empty and you won't be able to sit with your deacons. I said, look, this is a Niner gang. It's individual. I can care less about them right now. I need to go higher. They moved me to a higher seat, to the uh, 207th row. I'm now looking over the field. By the time I got home, the deacons was upsetting me. Why did you move? I said, because I needed to separate from you to see the Niners. Preaching here, DJ boy. This is what the Scripture is saying. What the Scripture is saying is in order for these three to see Jesus for who he is, They had to separate from who they came with in order to see what they were meant to see. You cannot see who he is hanging around individuals that are blocking your view. So what Jesus has to do is he has to handpick selected men to take them higher so that they can see more. Y'all don't understand it. If you've ever been on this mountain and you drove, the higher you go, the more you see. Y'all, I'm preaching to somebody, man. And the beauty about being on this mountain is the higher you get, the more of the valley that you see. You cannot see the whole valley if you're in the valley. God has to take you out of it, take you higher to see what he needs you to see. get on this mountain... Bible says he transfigures. He doesn't transform. He transfigures. He doesn't have to transform into the Christ. He is the Christ. But the beauty about who he is, everyone is not able to see him. in the fullness of his holiness, if they're hanging around sin, so he pulls them away from distractions. And the Bible says his face shone like the light, like the sun. And instantaneously, he was transfigured, and a cloud overcovered and overshadowed them. And the scripture said, All of a sudden, Elijah and Moses appeared to him. And when Moses and Elijah appeared to him, here's the problem the inspiration that they saw coming up, they now are confused and distracted by because now they're seeing prophecy and the law. Please, I am not nowhere near trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but please understand that we have to be careful being so distracted by what we've been taught that we miss who we see. I'm going to say it one more time. They were so impressed by who they've been taught to look at that they failed to see who God wanted them to see. Moses represented the law. Elijah represented prophecy. And if you're not careful, you will pay so close attention to what you've been taught that you forget that what you've been taught has been fulfilled by who's standing in the middle and down in the valley we are so distracted by what we've been taught in our own cities we've been distracted by what we've been taught that we miss the essentials of salvation it's not about doctrinal issues but it's about the essential of who Jesus Christ is it's not about democrat or republican it's not about north or south it's not about what church you frequent and what church you frequent it's not about black white brown or yellow it's not about any of that but when we come to the mountaintop we do not come and pay attention to who's around Jesus we come to the mountaintop to see the true identity of who Jesus Christ is the crucified Savior the Messiah born of a virgin died on a cross but got up three days later with all power but let me warn you before I take a seat if you're not careful you will be so inspired by the mountain that you'll want to stay on the mountain that's what Peter says. He says, Lord, let's create some shelters. Let's just stay up here. <laughs> it's cool up here. We don't have no internet. <laughs> I mean, y'all know we men, right? So that's why we carry our, our phones and we don't carry real Bibles. We, we, we carry our phones because the scores come up. <laughs> <laughs> Even while we're preaching, we're we preaching not our a score. We shout, thank you, Jesus, but we're not... <laughs> I just confess something. The whole Sacramento church is going to be like, oh, that's why you shout on Sunday, because they score a touchdown. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Playing games. <laughs> We're texting. On a mountaintop, you can't text. Well, you can text and you will get a failed message. On a mountaintop, you don't have to worry about distractions of women. <laughs> You're on a mountaintop with dudes. You don't have to worry about the temptation of sex. Because you're on the mountaintop. You don't have to worry about the temptation of drinking, because you're on the mountaintop. Smoking, because you're on the mountaintop. Pornography, you're on the mountaintop. Weed. So, <laughs> I can't smoke a cigarette. We're talking about weed, bro. That, that, Let God deal with you on the other things, brother. Spleet <laughs> <laughs> the blood of Jesus on you, bro. On the if you're not careful, you will want to stay on the mountaintop because the store does not sell nickels, dime sacks. The store does not sell beer and Mad Dog. They don't sell Cisco and Hennessy. Don't, 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 don't tell on yourself, y'all. Y'all telling on yourself. That's on the mountaintop. Up here. We can be men connected to the Father. But here's what God says. He says, you're paying attention to what's around and not who's in front of you. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Stop listening to the distractions and listen to him. And when the worship took place, they fell on their faces. And then Jesus comes and touches them to remind them, I selected you. This, brothers, is the conclusion of it. It's the confirmation purpose of this entire message tonight. You are here on the mountaintop, yes, to be inspired. You're here on the mountaintop, yes, to be separate from the distraction of where you've come from. Absolutely, that's the purpose. But there's one more. The final purpose is so that Jesus can touch you. That's what Scripture says. It's when they understood why they were here. Jesus left Moses and left Elijah. He left the law and he left the prophecy to touch them. It's confirmation that the prophecy has been fulfilled, it's confirmation that the law has been settled. It's further proof that that who you've been seeking for so long, that who marijuana could not fix, that alcohol could not give you the right bus for, is here on this mountain. And when they he touched him, the Bible says he looked up and all he saw was Jesus. Brothers, I have an amazing wife that I love with all my heart. (laughs) And whenever I take my wife on a date, for some reason it takes her forever to get dressed. So I always tell her that the movie starts an hour earlier than it actually starts. For those of you that are mad at your wife for always being late, I'm just giving you a hint. It's not a lie, it's just stretching the truth. When my wife comes out and decked out in her heels and her jeans that are hugging just the right places, (laughs) I give my wife the compliment of, baby, you look amazing. I open the door for her. I saw her sit in the car, turn on the music. No, it's not Christian. Turn on some Luther. (laughs) Big Luther, not little Luther drive to whatever restaurant or whatever movie we're going to. But whenever I sit down with my wife for dinner, I have to make sure my eyes are on my wife. Because there's other ladies and there's other couples that are also at the same dinner place that we're at. And if I take my eyes off of her and I pay attention to people who are around us, and my wife looks and says, what's the purpose of you taking me out? Brothers, you are here on a date with Jesus. And for this weekend, there's only one person that you are here on this mountaintop to see. And his name is Jesus Christ. But let me give you something, brothers, on my way to my seat is that you don't have to pay for the bill. Because the bill has already been paid for. Brothers, you don't even have to tip the waiter. Because the tip was done when he got up from the grave. Brothers, the beauty about it is that you don't even have to walk out the restaurant. Because when he died on the cross, he picked you up and carried you every step of the way. All he wants you to do is keep your eyes on him. And when you focus on Jesus this weekend, I guarantee you, you'll be touched like you ain't never been touched before. Father, in the name of Jesus, this evening, we are grateful that you have decided to date us. Every individual that is here, you selected, you handpicked, you called for this weekend. And just like as a father, we take our daughters on daddy-daughter dates, and just as a father, we take our sons on, on experiences where it's just us and them. And just as we have our wives, we take them on dates or with our boys. It's just about us and our brothers and our boys. This weekend is just about you. And God, we are grateful that you brought us some side kicks to hang out with. If we're Peter, you brought us James and John. But God, we're not here just for them. We have reached this mountaintop for one reason, and that's to see you. So in the name of Jesus, we come to you this weekend broken, just as Peter Peter was. We come to you wounded, just as James was. We come to you hurt and abandoned, just as John was. And we cast all our cares on you this weekend. And our prayer, Father, is that you would take it. Our prayer, Father God, is that we leave it at the altar, that you would take it off of our backs. And we lay aside every weight that besets us, whether it's pornography, whether it's masturbation, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's drug addiction, whether it's a lying tongue or whether it's a cheating heart. You selected us to come up here, which means that there must be some quality about us that qualifies us to be on this mountain. So, allow us to see you. Allow us to be the opposite of how Peter was. Let us keep our mouths closed and just listen to you. And whatever that instruction is, whether it's to lift our hands, God, we want to do it. Whether you tell us to get on our face, that's what we want to do. Whether you tell us to let the tear ducts fall out, we want to do it because we know that a baby isn't delivered until water is broken. And so this weekend, we just want to be men, but not the men that society tells us to be. We want to be God's men. We want to be vulnerable to you this weekend. We want to cast everything to you this weekend. So when we leave this mountaintop experience, when we come down off this mountain, it's not about others seeing us look different. It's about us knowing that we're different. So, Father, take us on this journey together, and we'll be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory because you are definitely worthy of it all. It's in Jesus' name that we pray that every real man shout amen. Amen.